0: Welcome back to the Going That Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at Sports.
1: Instagram is Otho at Sports.
0: TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports. It's episode 163. Another great week of football. Always got the power rankings, MVP ladder for that. But some more this week. The NBA full in-depth preview because uh, first game's tonight on TNT. Like you were saying, yeah. it's the biggest time of the year for TNT ever.
1: Yeah, it is. Uh, unless you're talking about mid-March when they have their, you know, true TV weekend of <laughs> of uh, March Madness. But it's a great time of sports right now. Uh, we just missed, I guess, doing our NBA season preview before the season started. Uh, we're a quarter too late. So we're already through one quarter in Denver, and I guess it's, we're already in the season now at this point. So... Oh got on us quick but this is obviously the best time for us to do it so we're fitting it in right here and of course that will be playoffs as well too is going on game seven in philly is getting ready to start here in a few minutes we're gonna be figuring out who's gonna be taking off the texas rangers in the fall classic that starts this friday i believe if it philly wins then it'll be in philly and if arizona wins then it'll be in texas for game one i think that's how it is uh, but my opener, that's kind of the exact thing I'm talking about. The MLB playoffs going 0-100. to 100. So a week from today, we were just finishing up Game 2 in Philly, where it's 2-0 Philly, and then on the Texas side, it was 2-0 Texas. And we're like, okay, well, we haven't, at this point, even seen a Game 4 in a series, and we kind of felt like, both well, those series were going to be sweeps or, or quick series there. And here we are a week later, just watched the game seven last night and we're watching another game seven tonight. These MLB playoffs have gone literally zero to hundred where there was no storyline. There was no fun. And I was even, I didn't say it publicly or anything, but it was just like this playoffs feels like shit. It, there was no excitement to it. We kind of just knew everything that was going to happen. Uh, Cause even though there were some things that were unpredictable that happened, once a team got ahead, they were good. There was no coming back in the series. We hadn't seen any of that. We're seeing that now. We're seeing the revenge of the Arizona Diamondbacks playing well in Arizona and taking game six in Philly. We saw a series in the ALCS where a single home team didn't win a game, just like the 2019 World Series. Ironically, with the Houston Astros in both of those and them losing four games at home in all in both of those series. But uh, it's been fun. I'm looking forward to the the full Classic starting here on uh, Friday.
0: Yeah. Another great Saturday night Pac-12 game. Utah takes down USC 34-32. to 32. Amazing performance from the Utah quarterback. Bryson Barnes, I believe. believe it's Bryson. Anyways, he was on uh, lock-on, not on scholarship. And uh, wow. he, he finally gets a shot. He outplays Caleb Williams, um, keeps the Utah season alive. Great for them.
1: So he will definitely be on scholarship now is what you're telling oh, yes. me. Yes, yeah. I think I even saw something like all the Utah kids on scholarship got like a free car a couple weeks ago or something like that. So maybe he gets the car too. But uh, a lot of stuff going on in college football as well too. It's been a good season yeah. over there where we don't just have Bama at the top even though they're starting to get good again. And Milro's playing better. But we'll get into our normal AFC top five, NFC top five, MVP top five for the NFL. We're almost halfway through the season at this point. Maybe in a couple weeks we'll see that midseason preview or predictions, whatever you want to call it. But we'll hop right into the AFC. Skyler. do you have any honorable mentions that you want to talk about before we get into the five?
0: I have a couple. Um, A couple teams here, Steelers, Jets, Browns. It's kind of hard to tell this early in the season with the defensive heavy teams. Uh, We don't really know if they're pretenders until about December. So those three aren't going anywhere yet. And, of course, Cincinnati. Burrow's always going to give them a shot.
1: Yeah. My number five team is going to be the Cleveland Browns, so they do find their way in for me. Their defense, while it wasn't great against the Indianapolis Colts, it was good enough, and they're winning games without Deshaun Watson, and that means a ton right now because if they weren't, with how all the other teams are playing in the AFC North, they'd be out of it pretty much at this point. So they're playing really good. They're going to get Watson back here, maybe next week. Probably, probably not this next week, but the week after that. Uh, so another week of PJ Walker. Most likely, and to find a way to win that game. It'll be five and two with him coming back and in a pretty good spot. So I like the Browns at five. Their defense hasn't been as good as what it was in the first, you know, three four weeks of the season, but it's still one of the best groups in the NFL.
0: All right. At five, I got Jacksonville. Five and two. They escaped New Orleans with the win, so they're going to stay here at the five spot. Wasn't pretty, but they're 3-0 and on the road. That's a massive advantage for the rest of the season. They should win the South easily. They're going to be up here.
1: Number four for me is going to be Jacksonville, so they're on my list as well, too. After starting 1-2, one and two, we thought this was a little uncharacteristic for how we thought this Jacksonville season was going to play out. They won four in a row. Like you said, maybe these wins haven't been pretty, but they're wins. And that's all that matters right now. It doesn't have to be, you know, win by 50 points. It's just got to be win by one and move on in the next week. And that's exactly what they've done so far in these past four weeks.
0: All right. Number four, got the Buffalo Bills, four and three. Also going to stay put at four after the loss. Uh, The defense, like I said last week, they're going to be vulnerable without Milano and Trey White. But losing close to Belichick isn't enough for me to drop them below Jacksonville. I, I... don't think they're worse than Jacksonville.
1: I moved them out of my list, the, the Bills. They. Uh, I know they'll probably resurface at some point in this list because the Bills kind of tend to do this thing where they play really good for a stretch of four weeks and they play really shit for a stretch of four weeks. So I assume we're probably going to start seeing the other side of that in the next few weeks, and they'll probably blow out a team by 50 points or whatever. But with how they've played these past three weeks, only being, you know, the Giants by five. And I know I just made the point. All that matters is you you get the win column plus one. They just haven't done enough in these last five weeks or last three weeks to be on this list. And so number three, I put Miami. You know, they lose against Philly. They don't really have an impressive win yet because they lost to the Bills by a ton and They lost to Philly, and those are really the only two likely playoff games that they've played so far this year but they're still five and two. They've still scored 240 points through seven games. So they got to be on this list somewhere. Another three spot for me.
0: Yeah. Miami drops down one spot two to the three, just like you um, embarrassed by Philadelphia. In my opinion, the score doesn't look horrible, but this is your NFC equivalent of what you're trying to put together here in Miami and five minutes into the game. It was over They weren't physical enough to keep up with Philly and doesn't seem like they ever will be.
1: Yeah. Number two, the Baltimore Ravens, a very impressive win, one of the most impressive wins of the entire NFL season so far with their domination of the Detroit Lions on Sunday. They're sitting 5-2 and two right now, only allowed 97 points in, five, in seven games. Their offense is starting to look good. Lamar had a big game on Sunday. Uh, and if he's playing good and he returns to his MVP form, their offense is going to be really hard to stop with all the weapons that they have now at this point. So I like the Ravens at two.
0: Exactly. I got Baltimore at two. They beat the snob out of Detroit. They're only allowing 14 points per game, like you were saying. And Lamar Jackson's been one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the league this year, especially on third down.
1: Yeah. Number one, we all know who it is. The Kansas City Chiefs, currently the hottest team in football. I think I said this after week one, and I still had them in like my you know top three spot or maybe even number one, where usually the Chiefs have these rough starts in the season. And then they come back and still find a way to go, you know, 12 and 5, at least, or 13 and 4, 14 and 3, whatever it may be. And we kind of thought we were going to get that season after week one. Not at all. They're 6 and 1. They're in a great spot, 33 games up in the division. The Chiefs are the best team in the AFC right now. And it's, in my opinion, not even that close.
0: Six in a row for Kansas City. Uh, Mahomes and Kelsey, way too much for the Chargers to handle. It really is our. Brady to Moss or Brady to Gronk, whichever era you prefer, essentially the same thing. Um, maybe even Montana to Rice. They can keep this up. So we definitely will be watching Kansas City. They're not dropping anytime soon.
1: Yeah, and one of the best defense, if not the best defense Mahomes has ever had, and now we're starting to see a bit of the emergence of those secondary uh, targets like Rashi Rice and some other guys come alive in these past two weeks. It helps when Patrick Mahomes has 400 yards. On to the NFC, though. Any honorable mentions that you want to talk about here?
0: Atlanta stays undefeated in the South, so they deserve a shout-out at the very minimum. That's what I'm doing. Yeah,
1: Atlanta's really good at getting those ugly wins. Four and three with a negative 18-point differential. My number five spot is going to be the Dallas Cowboys. Even though they didn't play, they moved down a spot just because I like what Seattle's been doing. Uh, even without DK, but talking about the Cowboys here on a bye week, they didn't do anything wrong. They have uh, the Rams this upcoming week, even though the Rams are three and four, I think that should be a, a pretty decent test for their defense on how they're going to, you know, play without Trayvon Diggs. And we've seen that in these last few weeks and the differences there, but Cowboys still a top five team in have NFC.
0: Yeah. Seattle's not going to move for me. They looked average against the Cardinals. Um, especially coming after the loss. They really need to beat Cleveland next week or they're getting dropped out of here. Yeah.
1: I know Seattle only won by, you know, not a ton versus Arizona, but they are my number four spot. This was a game without DK Metcalf, so we got to see a little bit more of Jackson Smith. And it's a divisional game. You never know what's going to happen in divisional games. Those games always seem to be close for some reason. And Seattle found a way to get the job done. That's what matters. So that's the number four spot to me.
0: Yeah, Dallas on the bye, staying at four. Like you said, the Rams. um, Let's see if a non-superstar can step up and make the difference in this game because Cowboys might need that.
1: On number three, unfortunately, this is how it's got to be. The Detroit Lions moved down two spots for me. I was really high on this team going into the week. They were the hottest team in the NFC, winners of five in a row, or not five in a row, four in a row. And they get blown out in Baltimore in a – kind of like prove it game I'd say for them in a way that you know we know the Ravens are a solid team can you can you beat a solid team in their house uh, and they did it they look like the same old minds that we've seen the last 20 years in that this game and it's unfortunate I still think you know they're one of the best groups in the NFC that's why they're sitting at three and not out of this list now at this point but an unfortunate loss
0: yeah Detroit's dropping down here um, actually I had them at three, Never mind; They're not dropping. They're staying at three after the terrible loss to Baltimore. Seattle does have the head to head. Like we talk about every week, but I want to see Seattle score some real points first, um, before they get up with this tier, the NFC teams and, uh, Detroit holds on for now. Let's see if they can, I don't know. You don't want to hear it, but they, they really need to, to go off on the Raiders here to turn the season around, uh, because, they need it if they want to go on a Super Bowl run. Obviously, five and two is a good start, but they um, don't want to fall
1: behind. Number two, I'm putting the Niners here. It's a uh, shocking loss in Minnesota. I know they're without Trent Williams, without Debo Samuel. Uh, Brock looked good for most of the game, but a couple bad plays turns it into a bad game. And that's that's really what we see for a lot of these quarterbacks when they play Good for most of the game, but just one or two plays can make it a bad game and you know really flip the result around. Uh, missed field goal by Jake Moody, he and made a fifty-five yard or so ended up working out fine for him, but ended up not having too much impact on the game score. But still a rough one for the Niners and they drop. Actually know they stay in the same spot, but they flip flop in between two teams.
0: All right. Well, uh, the Niners will be dropping. Of course, last night was tough for them for a lot of reasons. But you know, Brock Purdy's allowed to have a bad game. I think. I just think he's been doing a little too much this season. We talked about it a little bit last night. He kind of looks like how Sam Darnold did his last couple years with the Jets. He knows that he can get it done, but he he's just got to trust his teammates a little bit. He's got a fantastic team around him. Don't have to throw yeah. on the run every time.
1: Yeah, Steph Donald's rubbing off on them, guy. It's too bad. Number one spot, though, it's going to be the Philadelphia Eagles. Big win against the Dolphins. They're six and one right now. After last week's slot, or two weeks ago, lost now at this point. But I thought things were sliding down for them. They get right back on track, get a big victory against a solid team, and uh, they are the best team in the NFC right now.
0: Very well said. They are at the top, plus one, six and one, the only one left in the NFC. And they seem to be the only NFC team without a giant weakness right now. That also helps.
1: Yeah. And not to mention, they just added a all-pro safety. Yeah. Kevin Byard. So That's a good point. Philly really gets better. The rich get richer. It seems to be how things go in the NFL. And Philadelphia is just tearing apart. Of the Tennessee Titans organization over these past few years. It's been really something to watch, but at least at number one, I think that's pretty uncontested right now. MVP top five, Skyler Arnold mentions what do you got.
0: Not going to go with anything today, but I will shout out Quincy Williams because he's on pace for 170 tackles.
1: <laughs> Good for him. Good for him. Even in bye week, he needs yeah. a shout out. Uh, My number five guy is a guy who's really played well these last five weeks, and that's A.J. Brown, 809 receiving yards through seven games, only three touchdowns, but he's been the best player on this Philly offense so far this year, in my opinion. And so he gets a five spot when Jalen Hurts hasn't been having the most flashy numbers, I'll say that.
0: Yeah, uh, number five spot for me is going to be Lamar Jackson back on the list after that rough game he had against Indianapolis when they lost an OT just left a, a bad taste in my mouth, um, but he's been awesome since then. Yeah, I know you're looking at me weird, but you, you know what I'm talking about. Um, Lamar Jackson's been great.
1: Yeah. On number four, Patrick Mahomes is going to be my guy here. Just over 2,000 yards, 15 touchdowns, and six interceptions. He's played really well over these past few weeks. I know he threw a pick last week, but it was – more of an arm punt than you know, like a bad read or something like that. You kind of just chunk it down a on third down. So I'm not taking them too far down for that. But a good game for Mahomes, a great game for Mahomes, and uh, the Chiefs are playing like the Chiefs do, which is yeah. annoying.
0: Uh, yeah, my four spot. I'm going to keep T.J. Watt here. Um, not a lot of pressures that we're used to, but he did have a big interception. Possibly a game winner. We talk about war, and uh, with baseball, with these these defensive players sometimes, and and there he goes again, man, another game winning play.
1: Yeah, his uh, win probability added. I don't yeah. know if they have a way of calculating that in NFL, but he'd be up there towards the top. Uh, number three for me, Tyree Hill, over nine hundred yards, seven touchdowns through seven games so far. He's on pace to break a ton of records. I pretty much said this exact same thing last week, so I'm not going to ramble on it for too much longer, but he's at my number three spot.
0: Number three, I got Christian McCaffrey. Um, Rough week. You know, he did break the touchdown record, which is cool. He keeps the streak alive, but he fumbled again. Uh, He's obviously hurt still. Uh, He just doesn't want to talk about it, give away to the defense, because was it you or Brett last night that was telling me, you know, if you – if you let them know where you're hurt, the other team's going to go after that spot of the body every time when they tackle you. And
1: uh, I don't think that's me.
0: Okay. Well, either way, um, McCaffrey, I think is still alive. Yeah.
1: He's my number two. CMC's right there. You know, two touchdowns last night. I know he had the fumble and a costly spot, but he puts up a shit ton of points. Uh, and I'm not talking fantasy points, real points. Cause he scores a touchdown every fucking week. Uh, and I think he has ten now at this point. I think he has two receiving and eight eight on the ground. So CMC's been amazing for the Niners. And he's not the reason why they're losing, that's for sure. Yeah. Unless you um, talk about him getting hurt, then I guess that'd be why he's losing. But
0: we're not thinking that way. It's a whole nother conversation. Uh, Mm -hmm. My number two spot's going to go to Tyreek Hill, though. We saw Miami's offense look like they weren't going to get anything going at all, and then he burned double coverage for a touchdown and got him kind of back in the game for a second. And that's just the kind of player Tyreek is. I think he, he deserves to be up here. He's been unguardable this season. Yeah.
1: Through seven weeks, my NFL MVP is going to the defensive side of the ball. It's TJ Watts. I love it. Eight sacks. Seven tackles for a loss. 55 yards lost in those eight sacks is pretty ridiculous as well, too. Five passes deflected already at this point. One interception that was returned for 24 yards this past week. Two forced fumbles, three fumble recoveries, and a fumble return for a touchdown. When you talk about a player having a knack for the football, the definition example in the dictionary should be a photo of T.J. Watt. I don't know if it's luck. I don't know if he just runs into things. I don't know if it's, uh, you know, this God-given ability that we just can't even comprehend what he's doing. The ball is always in his hands somehow. He always finds a way. The ball always bounces towards him. Maybe he just maybe he's really good at geometry or whatever, and he knows how the football is going to bounce. But it's always in his hands. And he, again, had a big play and was a deciding factor in the Steelers won another game.
0: I love it. I'm completely for it, but I, I did go with a different direction so far this season. Um, Patrick Mahomes, back at the top. I knew it would happen at some point, but to come back after a rough game at the Jets – A little better, but still rough against Denver. And have a 92 QBR against a division rival. There was so much money on the Chargers from Vegas this week. It was ridiculous when I saw the numbers. Like 89% of bets were on the Chargers. And he shut them all up. He's back, unfortunately.
1: I know there's going to probably be a QB on this list by the end of it for me. So whenever I get a chance to not put a QB and make this a bit more fun to do, I'm going to do it. So... TJ Watt through seven weeks for me, Patty Mahomes for together, and I wouldn't be shocked if that ends up being my guy once we're all said and done through seventeen. But that's gonna do it for our NFL talk. We are going over to the NBA. We're talking playoff teams first. We're gonna do playoff teams first, and then we're gonna move into our finals prediction, So we get all the you know playoffs and entirety of that done first, and then we'll move into awards uh, for MVP deployed six-man of the year, rookie of the year, coach of the year, and most improved player. And then a bust in there as well, too. Together. Oh, yeah. Western Conference playoff teams. I think we have a few locks in here. Denver is an easy one. Yes, one seed. The Warriors are an easy one as well for me, too. Yeah. The Lakers are an easy one. Mm-hmm. The Suns are an easy one. Mm-hmm. And then I think... Those are the 400 percenters, I would say. After that, I have the Clippers who make it. Yes. I have the Kings who make it. Yes. I have the Grizzlies who make it. Yes. And then it gets really interesting in this eight spot, because there's a whole bunch of different directions you could go, whether you like Sam Presti's rebuild in OKC, or you're believing in Wambinyama. I went with,
0: I'm going with Dallas.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I that's, uh, that's interesting. I don't know if I agree with it. Obviously I don't because I put the Pelicans, but yeah. I you can respect that. I really I wanted be. a
0: spot for uh for OKC in New Orleans, but uh we'll we'll get into those guys once we get a little deeper in here.
1: I was in the same spot where I wanted a spot for OKC, but it's just like it's just it didn't work out. There's, there's, they'll make the play, you know, okay. that'll probably be it. But they did that last year too, so at that point, isn't even an improvement. I don't know. It'll, it'll be fun to watch. We'll, we'll see. Even that. Minnesota, and, right? Yeah, Minnesota as well too. Uh, and then also the Spurs. Can't leave out. I mean, we're gonna want to watch Wemby, whether he's the only person that we want to watch on the game in the game or not. We're still gonna find a way to watch him quite a bit. So. okay. On to the Eastern Conference, starting off, uh, 100%ers, Boston. They're currently the tied favorite for the finals with the Milwaukee Bucks, who I also have in here as well, too. Philly is a team I think is pretty certain. Uh, The Cavs are a team I think is pretty certain. Miami, I have making it. Uh, the Bucks or not the Bucks or or I want to have the Bucks, but it didn't mean to say them. Uh, the Knicks, yes. Uh, and then after that, you have two spots that are kind of up to your own interpretation. I have the Hawks and the Nets sneaking as my eighth spot.
0: I have the Hawks seven, Nets eight. Great job. Yeah,
1: that, that's that's what I wrote down. I had my six guaranteed, and then two teams after that, but obviously not in a specific order there. So we have the same thing on the Eastern conference side. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of the same thing where it's like the NBA is so weird where like there's just the standing of teams that there's like eight teams in each conference that you really feel like are going to go 500, which is super weird in the NBA, but I guess it's good for the league meeting that's competitive uh, yeah. except for obviously the bottom half of, or not the bottom half but the bottom few teams in each league. Finals prediction, though, Skyler, who did you have here? I'm
0: going to go with the Nuggets over the Bucks in six games. Not many teams in NBA history have been able to do the back-to-back thing here, but Denver kind of has the perfect roster to do it because they have the perfect leader. He's unselfish. All he wants to do is win. When you look across the league, that doesn't happen. It doesn't exist right now. You know, I really wanted to put Boston here. I like Porzingis. I think Derek White is looking like a good option, too, this season. <laughs> but Jokic is is ridiculous. I'm, I'm watching this game right now. The Lakers look elite, and they're just like two steps slower than them every play. Um, I have the Bucs there. I think they're going to shock a lot of people when they beat Boston because I think they're going to have a slower start than usual. Um come up short here just a little bit. They're going to look for a new third piece for Giannis and Lillard, and they'll be back for sure. But I have Jokic winning the finals MVP again. There's just something different about him. I may be crazy here going with the back-to-back, um, but hey, man, they kicked their ass last year.
1: My uh, finals prediction is going to be Milwaukee over the Denver Nuggets in six. So really the... You know, two of the top teams on the betting lines right now. I didn't, you know, pull out a seed. San Antonio Spurs win the finals or anything like that anymore, even though I did a couple months ago. Uh Milwaukee, I would love to see Dam get a ring. Yeah. In all likelihood, I wouldn't be shocked with Denver winning another one, and that's probably how it's gonna go with just how deep the roster is and just how good Jokic is and the guys are around him. But Milwaukee, they've got one of the best, if not the best player in the planet right now in Giannis. And then they have one of the best point guards of all time in Damian Lillard, a supporting cast there. And they still have Chris Middleton. They still have Brooke Lopez. They still have good supporting cast guys. So I think Milwaukee is going to get it done and, and find a way to win in June. Awesome. Magic. On to the awards. Starting off with the B-M-B-P. So uh, here we go. This is uh, why I had...
0: Dallas here in the playoffs because Luka Doncic is going to get his first MVP. He's going to dominate the juggernaut-filled Western Conference from the jump this season with not a whole lot of help, like you talked about, and that's going to be enough. Uh, The one Mm -hmm. issue I have here is I think if Embiid without Harden just does even similar to what he did last season, they're just going to give it to him again. That's the only problem with that. I would put my money on
1: Embiid, but my bold prediction here is going to be Luka. My uh, MVP pick, I am expecting James Harden to be moved. I don't know where that's going to go, but with him without on the Sixers and the Sixers still finding a way, you know, probably a top five seed in the East, I'm going to go Joel Embiid because he's going to probably score 36 a night and average five assists and probably 12 to 13 rebounds, even though he feels like a rebounder that doesn't quite get all of his potential out there. Embiid is a stud. Uh, and I think he's going to win the MVP this year. On to the Depoy. I'm
0: going to go with Evan Mobley of the Cavs here. I feel like he's always had Depoy potential, and it's finally his time. The Cavs are going to win a lot of games because of his defense, and I think the race is going to be really close. There's a lot of great big men who block a lot of shots, and uh, you know the talks of Donovan Mitchell possibly being unhappy there, wanting to be moved, scare me a little bit with this prediction. But hey, that's more time on the floor for Mobley, right?
1: I want to talk about a big man that blocks a lot of shots. I'm going with Mindyama as my deep boy. Awesome. He's going to be a guy who just has the numbers. He's going to get steals. He's going to get blocks. He's going to do all the crazy metrics that I don't even understand in basketball. He's going to do it all this year. And as long as you know the Spurs don't baby him and play him like 45 games or something like that, which I hope he doesn't and I pray to God he stays healthy, and the way how he treats his body, he looks like he should stay healthy because he's super flexible. He should win this award at some point in his career, and I think he wins it his rookie year, which would be absolutely insane to see a rookie do that. Sixth man of the year, Skyler. There's a whole bunch of different directions you can go for this. Sometimes we don't even – have the winner of the six man beer candidate in the, you know, preseason predictions because injuries happen or the emergence of somebody else. Who do you have on the six man of the year?
0: I actually haven't looked at the odds at all yet, but I'm going to go with Emmanuel quickly from the Knicks. Uh, the Knicks should be it's good. Again. Oh, really? okay. Um Well, he has so many clutch shots over his career, you know, especially coming off of the bench. Um, he's bound to repeat that, right? that's just how these things go.
1: Yeah. It wouldn't be an NBA season preview without me giving a shout out to the dubs. I'm going Jonathan Kaminga as my sixth man of the year. I picked Jordan Poole a few years ago and he was close in the running. Uh, I think Kaminga has shown the strides this year that he can make a similar jump to what Jordan Poole did uh, a few years ago. And man, in the preseason, did he ball out. Hopefully we see it tonight, and, and that would make me feel good about this. I got Jonathan Kaminga as my sixth man of the year. Rookie of the year, Skyler. Who did you choose for this one? I, I bet you can choose who I did.
0: Yeah, Victor Wemenyama. Um If he doesn't play the minimum games, this is going to go to Chet Holmgren, I feel like, automatically. But... Like we said, we're hoping he plays every game. We're hoping that it has nothing to do with health, even if he doesn't meet the requirement, because I believe it's sixty-five games now for every award you have to play. Um that, that would be the only
1: reason Wembuyama doesn't win it. Yeah, I uh I'm obviously going one B, but like you said, if he doesn't reach the minimum games required, I'm not going ch- I'm going scoot, just cause I think he's gonna have a lot of you know, garbage time ability in games. Even though, you know, the Trailblazers might not be terribly bad where they win, like, maybe 15 games or something like that. They're going to be down by 10 to 15 in a lot of the games, and he's going to you know, find a way to get 20, 25, not every night, but some nights, and that's going to help boost his numbers. Coach of the Year, this one's always interesting because the NBA does it really weird where we've seen coaches get fired the year that they win coach of the year, now, Dwayne Casey. Yeah. Who do you have in this
0: one? I'm also going with the weird one here. I'm going with Mark Daynault, OKC. I didn't forget about him. I just have them losing in the play in, unfortunately. The West is so overpowered that I think 45 plus wins, you could end up in that play in this year. And uh, to go from 40 to say 47 wins is a massive jump, uh, especially for OKC. And, um, I think at the very best, they're a first-round loss team, but it's still legs ahead of what we've seen from this team ever since the big three left.
1: We go Adrian Griffin, the coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. It's in his first year. No Budenholzer there anymore. And he's got Dame. He's got Giannis. And I picked him to win the finals. So that seems like a pretty easy recipe for being coach of the year in your first year. Uh, and I mean, what a situation he's coming into, right? Onto the MIP, Skyler, who do you have here?
0: I'm going with Tyrese Maxey. Again, he's probably got to be number one on the list, or at least top five. I think, he I think, he's, I think he's a legit number two for Embiid. You know, like what we've been talking about this entire part of the show, when you take a guy like Harden with all those touches away, they're not going to change the offense completely. Those numbers have to go somewhere, and they're going to go to Maxey most likely. Unless someone else steps up, um, so I got Tyrese Maxey here, most improved.
1: My most improved player is going to be Jonathan Kaminga. If I think he makes a similar jump to what Jordan Poole did a few years ago, he'd be right on line for that. I think John Morant was the guy who won MIP that year. I don't think we're going to see that you know type of jump from anybody this year. So I got Jonathan Kaminga as my most improved player.
0: Will be awesome. And the last
1: one. The one that's not even an award. To be funny, if they give it out, though, the bust of the year. Who do you have here?
0: Again, this may be an obvious one, but I'm going to take it a step further just to make it a real bust. I'm going to go with Dylan Brooks of the Rockets. It's not what those young guys in Easton need right now. It's going to be another disastrous year. Udoka isn't going to be enough here. He's going to be finished with Brooks after the season. And after the season, his $86 million cap hit kicks in, and they're probably going to have to move if he is the bust, which makes this thing even bigger than you can imagine trying to deal with 86 million gone. He got kicked out of his first preseason game with the Rockets this year, man. It's crazy.
1: For, for best, I think it's, it's a pretty interesting thing to choose because how do you consider it a bust? Is it based off of your own projections? Is it based off of what the people think? I want based off of what the people think and how I think it's going to be different from that. Uh, so I have two guys. I, I looked at the MIP odds, and I, that's what I kind of got uh, my, my pool of players okay. to look at because if these people, if all these people think that these guys are going to make the jump, and they didn't, then maybe that's a bust. Or if you have like first year, obviously. Well, K didn't play much. Okay. So I, I didn't pick him. I had two guys, first of which is Austin Reeves. I the media absolutely loves this dude. They adore this dude. He's taking photos with Anthony Davis and LeBron James on media day. He's a good player. Don't get me wrong, but he's not going to be like some 20 point per game player that some of the media guys think he's going to be. He's currently around 1600 to 1400 on a lot of odds right now for MIP. And I do not think he comes anywhere close to that this year. Uh, The other guy, it kind of pains me to say this. I think he's going to be super inefficient in Washington, and that's Jordan Pool. Uh, we see him have great nights, and we see him have streaky nights. Uh, and I think kind of not having the the other guys around him this year, and you know whether he fit in last year or not, he still had those mentors on the team in the Dubs, and them not being there this year in Washington might hurt him a little bit and kind of make him stay in those cold streaks for longer than he usually does. He's probably going to score 20-plus points per game and probably score quite a bit above that, but I don't think he does it with any sort of efficiency. I don't think that the Wizards are anywhere close to making the playoffs. So,
0: Yeah. Fortunately, I picked you in the pool for my bust. Before we uh, take a break and move on to baseball, I just have remembered one more honorable mention here. Um, you mentioned I really don't want to hear it, and that, that reminded me of Clay Thompson. I think it's possible that he could retire after this year. He hasn't been shooting very efficient. He uh, didn't get the extension he wanted, and he may be done. And that doesn't necessarily make him a bust, but it's just something to think about. You know, if he doesn't play even how we expect him to do, and we know he's he's been injured and he's a little slow where he lost that step. Um, but to see how hard of a decline he's had is really sad, and it could be over yep. pretty
1: quickly. Injuries do that to people, man. Unfortunate, but uh, we're done with basketball. We'll see you uh, next year for basketball. One more thing before we go to halftime. We're going to touch on baseball a little bit. Our World Series prediction, we're in a bit of an awkward spot where Game 7 is going on right now. We did the episode tomorrow. Then we would have been able to do a full World Series prediction, but we wouldn't have really felt right to do an NBA prediction we're in this weird limbo we do it tonight so what we're doing is two separate world series picks based off of who wins this game so one for philly one for arizona i'll start off with your your one in philly so say the philadelphia phillies win game seven here how do they fare in the fall classic versus the texas rangers
0: this one may surprise you but i'm going to take the rangers in seven it's such a dangerous lineup man one through nine can shoot one in the gap at any moment and i know You can kind of say the same thing about all these teams in the playoffs, but what Texas is doing is just a little different, man. And the big thing for me was Corey Seager. Corey Seager's built for this moment. That's why he signed with Texas. I'm a big believer in the postseason just being a completely different level in MLB. And the guys who do it well usually always will. Look at what Altuve's doing. Even with all, you know, the hate he's gotten over the years, he's one of the most clutch hitters of all time. And, uh, and I think Seeger is a similar way here. So he's gonna win a second World Series MVP if they play the Phillies.
1: Yeah. For my Philly one, I think this would be a fun, super fun series to watch. The offenses in this could provide us with some games that are all time classics, ten to nine, eleven to twelve, in extras, walk-off home run in the bank, whatever it is. And I think Texas wins in six because I think that lineup is unstoppable right now. And even if Philly wins tonight, I think the momentum that Texas has is really ridiculous at this point. So I'm going Texas in six. I do not go Kyle Seager MVP. That was my second choice. I do not go Doles Garcia. That was my third choice because I got to go Marcus Semien because that would be absolutely amazing to watch that guy's win in the World Series MVP. Uh and it would be awesome to see Marcus get a ring on that finger because you know he and deserves one. Absolutely. Texas, Arizona though. We have series yeah. combinations together. How do you think this one goes?
0: I don't think Arizona has a chance against Texas. I'm gonna go with the Rangers in five if they win this one. Uh you could just go look back at some of their past games. They've been losing games, uh you know like 5 to 1 that's not going to fly against Texas at all. Uh the Rangers would beat the crap out of them. And we'll say Adolis MVP switch it up if, if they do end up playing Arizona because I mean come on man. There's no no hotter power hitter I think in the playoffs alive now that Jordans
1: out of here. Yeah. Texas Arizona when we were looking at the wild card series we both had Milwaukee winning uh Pretty quickly against Arizona. Arizona pulled out. Versus the Dodgers, I don't think we did formal predictions there. But I think we would have both picked the Dodgers. Going into this series, I think we probably would have both picked the Phillies. I don't think we did it formally. Uh, And going into this series, Texas-Arizona, how could you not pick the Rangers, right? Like, it's so obvious. The Rangers look really good. Arizona is, like, shakily getting some wins. I'm going with the D-backs in seven, just because that seems how it's going right now for Arizona. They find a way to win ball games, And again, saying it's about the NFL, saying about the MLB, it doesn't matter. If it looks pretty, you just got to get the W. And that's what Arizona's been doing all October. They've done some timely stuff, especially in these last few games where they're utilizing their strengths better than they were at the beginning of the postseason. They're running more, hitting better in front of the scoring position. Just the speed that this team has can be such a weapon, and the defense they have in the outfield can be such a weapon, and they're using it really, really well right now. And I think they find a way to get done in seven in Arizona. And I'm picking World Series MVP. There's so many different guys you can go with here, but I'm going with a man who kind of had a, or is having a very surprising, really good October, and that's Alex Thomas. A guy who just below league average in regular season was a top prospect, hasn't really formed the way that you expected him to with his power speed threat type guy. I think he's going to make a couple of really big catches in this, this series. I think he's going to hit a couple of big home runs the way that he has this entire postseason for the Arizona Diamondbacks. So give me Al Thomas, World Series
0: Man. MVP. Just so you know, I actually didn't even write down a prediction for that because I didn't think. Arizona was going to win. I still don't. But uh, if they do win this game, that's that's how you know right there. Yeah. That's how you know. That's how you things can't go with
1: Arizona. Probably.
0: Snakes alive, right?
1: Yeah, snakes <laughs> alive. That's the thing right now in Arizona. It's currently 1-1 in the top of the third. Rangers, Suarez, still on the bump for the Philadelphia Phillies. Alex was homered in the bottom of the second. The Phillies scored right in the top of the first. But Arizona's got their top of the lineup coming to play right now. Uh, so moving on, second half, ball yep. football. football. So tell me what's going on for this week now preview.
0: I've had a lot planned for a couple of weeks now for halftime, but the shows are just – they've been very action-packed these past couple of weeks. So have a couple mock drafts I've done. We'll move it back another week. Um, Heisman watch. It, it's all the, the West Coast quarterbacks plus McCarthy, I think. We don't need to talk about that. So let's just talk about some games you should watch next week and do our bets and go back to bed. Uh, So game of the week, number eight, Oregon at number 13, Utah. And again, I believe they just did the college football rankings before this. I don't have them in here. We'll we'll talk about it next week. Bo Nix and the Ducks, they try to keep their playoff hopes alive. They come into Utah, try to survive Kyle Whittingham's nasty defense that always keeps them in the game. That's going to be a great one. Next game, I got number one Georgia at the five and two Florida Gators. That's going to be a tough one for Georgia playing in the swamp without Brock Bowers. Still think the Bulldogs should win this one, but a little closer than we're used to, I guess, for the number one team in the nation. And last one here, I know it's quick, but that's just the kind of week we're having here. They're starting to to get back into conference play. And unfortunately, those Big Ten and SEC matchups aren't great to start off conference play. But we do got Pac-12 after dark. It's been awesome this year. We got another good one, number 11, Oregon State at the 4-3 and Arizona Wildcats. DJ and the Beavs have been pretty good this year. Rose Bowl aspirations, of course, but backup true freshman Wildcat quarterback Noah Fafida has been lighting up the Pac-12 this season after the starter Jacob DeLora went down. He has the 12th best QBR in the nation, and he's got to keep rolling against the beeves. And that is uh that's all I have for halftime. If you got anything else you want to say here, go ahead. Um you know, it's so much has happened this week. It's not the time for a lot of halftime,
1: I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on. This is really one of the few episodes throughout the year that we can really talk about all three sports as the season's going on and not some random off-season headline that's happening so it's a fun spot this always is one of the most fun spots of the year if you're a sports fan so hop into our bets and bold prediction or layups and bold predictions last week we got our layups wrong and our bold predictions correct which was pretty funny i had detroit plus three versus baltimore i thought that game would play out a whole lot differently than it did uh obviously they didn't cover because they lost by like 20 or thirty, pretty
0: much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and South Carolina got smacked too. By the way, they yeah. they should have played them tough. They're not as good as they should be this year.
1: I did not watch that game at all, so I let you talk about yeah. that one there. Uh, I got two picks for each each of these this week: bonus with the NBA going on, and the normal NFL one. So my NFL pick is going to be Kansas City minus eight versus Denver. They own Denver. I don't think it being in Denver is going to change anything. Denver's coming off a win. Kansas City looks good right now. Uh, Travis Kelsey probably going to have like 180 plus yards just because that's what he does against the teams. Uh, and then my basketball pick is going to be the Clippers. Minus nine versus, the, not the Timberwolves, the Trailblazers tomorrow night. Scoot Henderson's first game going against a pretty good Clipper squad. I think it's going to be not a full blowout, but maybe a 15-point victory for the Clips.
0: It's almost the only guarantee with all their starters playing this year for the Clippers, so it's not a bad (laughs) guy. I didn't end up going basketball. I want to watch a week first before I can say, oh, this is a layup. But, you know, do whatever you want. Um, I'm going Houston Texans, minus three at Carolina. Carolina is just horrible right now, other than Adam Thielen and garbage time, it seems like. So I, I think Houston can beat him by a touchdown on the road.
1: Moving Sorry. on to bull predictions. <laughs> uh, Gordon Carroll just stole second on a pickoff play. So that was pretty cool there. Showing off his speed. Right on time with me saying how Arizona's finally starting to use her speed. On bull predictions. Last week I had the Giants over the Commanders. They were, I believe, three-point dogs at home in this one. It was a divisional game. It was messy, kind of exactly how I was talking about last week. And the Giants get the victory in, in an ugly one. So it goes green there. Scatter out Pittsburgh over Arizona. I wasn't a huge fan of this pick when it first, when I first said it, but Pittsburgh finds a way to win these games right now, and it, the Rams are finding a way to lose games. Uh, TJ Watt, shout out to him in the MVP. Uh This week, though, I'm going to a Sunday night matchup, and I am taking Mr. Badgent over Justin Herbert. And the Chargers, they are eight-and-a-half-point dogs. Give me the Bears outright. I think they've been playing good. The run game looks good. I think that's one of the weaknesses with the Chargers as well, too. So give me the Bears. And then for my basketball pick, I'm sorry, Skeller, I had to do this to you because the Spurs are playing the Mavericks. I think Wemanyama is getting a dub in his debut uh, at home against the Mavs. So. The four point dogs, I'm okay. taking them
0: the money line of the Spurs. At least have Luca dropping 50, though. Then I'll be okay.
1: That's what he's gonna do every game, but they're gonna lose.
0: That's okay. Like I was saying a couple minutes ago, I got Arizona Wildcats over the number 11th ranked Oregon State Beavers. Last week Arizona beat nine. Sorry, this was two weeks ago, there was a bye week. They beat nineteenth-ranked Washington State forty-four to six on the road. This is a team that beat Oregon State. Uh, I'm going to go with the Wildcats.
1: Yeah, Save the Pac-12, man. Yes, sir. Good one. That's going to do it, though. Episode one sixty-three: Exciting times in the sports world together. Week eight of NFL football. Week nine of college football. Yeah, hockey season. It's in full swing now at this point, point. will be Game 7's basketball starting tonight. We've got it all, and uh, we're happy that we get to talk about it, and we'll be talking about it next oh, yeah. week as well, too, on the Halloween special of the MacQuest Sports Podcast. Oh, oh,
0: oh, oh yeah, it's going to be scary. <laughs> yeah, man. 164 on Halloween. Shout out, Bob Melvin, going back home. Um, Shout out, Bob Shout-out to the two-team Pac-12 for next season, Washington State, Oregon State. It's only going to be them two. It's going to be uh, pretty funny.
1: Do they just play each other 12 times?
0: No. That would be oh. even better, I think. But they're apparently they're going to schedule some Mountain West and Pac-12 just out of conference whenever they're available. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if DJ comes back for his eighth year.
1: Yeah, get oh. by the Dodgers again. Oh,
0: <laughs> But this is a fun one, absolutely. I'll see you next week, Kyle.
1: I'll see you next week, too. Scott?